every parent knows that one of the scariest times is when your kids get sick. It can just really rattle you as a parent, especially if you're a new parent. But to take that to another level, when a child is hospitalized or a child is diagnosed with a rare or serious illness, it affects everything. And not only is it affecting the parents and the family and the caregivers and friends, but it's affecting the child. And it can be really scary for these children who are hospitalized or struggling with really unknown illnesses and diseases. My guest today is taking her own personal pain with watching her child go through something really scary and spreading joy, bringing joy to kids all over the country. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an all-around amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Shalini Samtani. She has a diverse background in law, real estate, and design. However, her true passion lies in bringing joy to sick children. She is the founder of Open the Joy and the Spread the Joy Foundation. Now, Open the Joy is a truly unique toy company that focuses on building emotional intelligence in kids. And the Spread the Joy Foundation is a registered nonprofit that delivers free activity kits to hospitalized children at their bedside. Since its launch in 2019, Open the Joy has won several industry awards, including Best New Products for Kids 2019 at New York Now, New Kids on the Block Award at Toy Fair 2020, and the Best New Manufacturers Award at Toy Fest West 2020. Shalini's leadership and truly unique nature of her business has been awarded recognition by the Tory Birch Foundation as one of the top 50 female entrepreneurs selected nationwide. Shalini has brought such an impact to kids and families all over the country. And I absolutely loved this conversation. I loved getting to know her more and her mission. And I know that you are going to absolutely love, love, love her. But before I get to my conversation with Shalini, I want to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. Now, I want to know how much time do you spend reading labels? A lot, right? Well, Mama Suds would like to help you take the stress of research out of your life with their truly safe, non-toxic household cleaning collection. They have everything you need to keep your family and your home clean and safe. Now, if you've seen my Instagram stories, you know I love their laundry soap, their household cleaner, pretty much everything they make. And the best part is that they use plants and minerals to make their products absolutely nothing synthetic. The head mama at Mama Suds is Michelle Smith and has spent a crazy amount of time tracking down exceptional ingredients so they are not only safe for you and your family, but sustainable for the planet. Mama Suds wants to inspire you to live a smart, healthy, and sustainable life that brings you joy and peace of mind. Give them a try at mamasuds.com and use the code MOLLY for 15% off your order. Now on to my conversation with Shalini. 
Shalini, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I it's just as from a fellow mom to another mom who is just you work so hard and all everything that I've learned about you so far, I'm just amazed. And I'm always, I mean, I'm, I'm really passionate about women entrepreneurs in general, but when I see like a mom out there just doing the business, I am like, I'm just cheering you on. So I want to introduce you to the listeners. So will you give us the Shalini 101? Tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are right now. Well, thank you so much for the warm welcome. And um, so I'm the founder of Spread the Joy Foundation. So Spread the Joy is a nonprofit. And what we do is we deliver activity kits to children at their bedside. It started off literally on my kitchen table. Me and my mom started making these activity kits. And within three years now, it's grown to, you know, I think this year we did five or 6,000 boxes over 100 hospitals across the country. And I'm also the founder of Open the Joy. Open the Joy is my for-profit company where we actually um, make toys that focus on well-being and emotional intelligence in kids. We have activity kits such as like the love and forgiveness box or the anger management box and, you know, just a whole bunch of fun activity kits that we designed for children. I love that. And the whole journey of mine actually started... Um, very in a very unusual place. And it started in a hospital room with me kind of Googling with one hand, how to keep kids positive and entertained in a hospital setting. Yeah. And you know, I quickly realized there was really very little out there. I mean, there was there's 3 million children in a year that are hospitalized in America. Mm. And there wasn't a single toy company out there servicing like the emotional well being of these children or toys that focused on, you know, positivity or focused on you know, uplifting them. So that's kind of how our whole journey started. We started off just, as I mentioned, me and my mom making these activity boxes, um, you know, for my daughter to begin with. Every time she'd have to be hospitalized, we had our like feel better kit or makeshift one that was in the mudroom and that we would grab with us because then we knew like during the check-in process, I needed something to keep her busy, to keep her occupied, for hands to be engaged, you know? So we had our own little box and then we just realized how helpful it was. And we started making them for other families. And then from there, the nonprofit from grew. And then from there, the entire business grew. Yeah. So it, it just started from a need, you know, actually it started from a desire to, to heal ourselves. <laughs> you know, we just started feeling better about the situation we were in when we were doing these acts of kindness for other families, like just that, that just snowballed. We just felt so good doing it for others that we did it more often and more often and more often. And then the whole thing just grew like that. Yeah. Now, you know, one thing I know about you is that you actually, you used to be an attorney. And so you were in a pretty high stress kind of high, you know, a high uh, octane environment. And your family got this just really difficult news that your daughter had this incredibly rare uh, disease. I think you, I read that it was at, like, it's like one in a million. Yeah, pretty much. It's called atypical HUS. It's very rare. So it's a, it's an autoimmune. It's not really an autoimmune, but it falls under nephrology, but really it's just that when she gets sick, it's not the same as like another child. So like mm. suppose another child has a cough or a cold, especially when she was younger, her body doesn't react the same way. So that requires a lot of care. Mm. Um, so we, you know, it's so funny because when COVID hit, we were so used to living like that. It wasn't this big deal for us to wear a mask or to wear gloves or, you know, it's like we were just so accustomed to living that way. Wow. And it's, I feel like after COVID, the world is just going to have so much more compassion for people like her, or like our family that lives a little bit differently because of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so you, uh, did you quit your job as an attorney when your daughter got sick or did, did, 
that time. I wasn't really practicing. I just had my son. And actually, the crazy thing is, when I was pregnant with my son, I actually had gone back to school to do a degree in, in design at FIT. Oh, wow. So that was, yeah, it was just something I always wanted to do. And um, I, I just did it kind of as a hobby. I went there during night, night classes. I took a couple of night classes. I'm like, you know, why don't I just complete the degree? So I completed the degree. And literally, I remember my diploma was mailed to me like the week my daughter was born. Oh <laughs> so <my God. laughs> it was just, and then I, I was at home with her. Um, and within eight months of her being born, she was diagnosed. And then that took us on a completely different journey. Wow. Well, that's really interesting that you have uh, to learn that you have this degree from FIT. Does that design, is there a, like a, I admittedly did not go to FIT. So I don't know exactly how the like, do you have it in a specific concentration or design or? Yeah, actually, I worked, I actually did my degree in FIT on fashion design, clothing and apparel, like I made these elaborate, beautiful gowns and, you know, it's just a completely different field. But I think I, I've always been, maybe it's because I'm a liberal. I've always had like that right side of the brain and left side of the brain that always wants to work together. Like I love arts and aesthetic. And, you yeah. know, if you see the Open the Joy collection, the colors, and I've always been such an artist. And at the same time, I've always had this really strong kind of analytical mind, like a very, very detail-oriented and analytical mind. So I don't know. I think my life's work is really this this artistic side of me, this analytical side of me, and then just a really upset mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, this dramatic experience that our family went through with this desire to make it better. And I think it's just a culmination of all these talents that spat out. And that's how we found it, opened the joy and spread the joy foundation. That's amazing. I love hearing stories like that to see how these different, because you have that analytical mind. So you've got that kind of business acumen that a lot of people do not uh, innately have. They might have the creative side and then they're like, I am not a business owner. And so like, so they have to hire that. So, you know, but, but just to know that you have that analytical mindset, but then also be having this design background um, to be able to kind of venture into something like this. And, you know, you've got obviously the open the joy and the spread the joy. And you've got this business where you're designing toys. So how did you translate a background or an you know, experience in fashion designing into designing toys? Yeah, actually, Molly, it's a fantastic question. And the truth of the matter is, I never imagined in my wildest dream that one day that would be what I was what I was going to do, yeah. was design a toy collection. I never, I never dreamt it. I never imagined it. But when I started doing it, I knew that it was what I was meant to do. You know, it was, I've always been kind of like one of those souls finding my purpose, you know, yeah. like, what's my purpose? There has to be a purpose. It's not just to make dresses or it's not just, I did interior design for a while. Um, you know, none of it, I don't know how to explain it, but none of it really spoke to me the way that this project spoke to me. And I think that missing link was the kind of give back. Mm. That's what drives me more than anything. You know, it's like all these life skills, these skills were put in, like I learned how to use Photoshop and Illustrator and all these, these programs that I need to know how to use for our business because we're working on art files constantly, right? Yeah. So it's like, I learned how to use all of that. And I was like, why have I learned this? At one point, I'm like, what, what am I supposed <laughs> to do with all of this? And then, you know, I have this extensive legal training. You know, I did a bar in New York. I'm like, why, why have I learned all of these different skills? What is the purpose of all this? And then it finally, it came when, when we started the foundation and the way it grew and we started the company and the way the company's grown. I'm like, this is why 
I learned all these things. It finally makes sense. And I guess like, you know, my life gave me the pieces at different times. You know, I don't know if you know, but I went to law school at 18 years old. I was really young. Um, I got married at 22. Like I just, I felt like I did my whole life upside down. (laughs) I did everything really early. I had my kids early, started my career late. Like it was all, you know, upside down the whole thing. But it's like, I don't know. It just, the pieces came at different times. I got legal degree. You know, I, I figured I did that very early on. And then I did the design degree like eight years later. And I don't, I did, still don't understand why I was doing it. It was just something fun that I did at night while I was pregnant with my son. I was like, okay, I can take a night class. You know, I can do this. And then after my daughter's diagnosis, that was like a complete different twist in my life. But yeah. I think those three major events, it, they finally added up. And I was like, this is it. This is what I was meant to do. I was meant to bring joy to kids in the hospital and all these different life skills that I've learned. I've just prepared me for this experience and for what I need to do for my family first and foremost, and now what I need to do for others. So I know obviously you're using your design degree to you know, to design these toys. Uh, so tell me a little bit about Open the Joy and kind of how it, you know how that part of the company works and how that supports Spread the Joy. Absolutely. So Open the Joy actually started off with one SKU, which was the Feel Better box. And what we did is we actually launched it in New York now. Like I knew from personal experience that this was a great product. And um, this is, you know, essentially what we had developed by donating to so many hospitals. And, you know, it got expensive. The project of constantly donating to the hospitals got expensive. So we needed like, you know, consistent source of revenue for the foundation. Um, and I thought that there was a business opportunity here. So we made that first skew, we designed it. It was just a prototype. And I, you know, with all naivety, I went to New York now. I got the smallest booth possible. And I said, <laughs> here it is, the feel better box, the welcome to the world. And I just said, okay, let's just let us just try this and see if there is some interest on the market. And to our surprise, we actually won the award for the best new product for kids on the market 2019 at the entire show. And I was like, wow, there is interest for this. And I remember the next night or the night after I flew down to China because I had to start manufacturing this. Um, I had just sold, you know, based on a promise, you know, based on a prototype. And I flew down to China the next night and we started manufacturing. And then within a year, we're on 1-800-Flowers.com as an alternative to like teddy bears and balloons, you know, for kids. Um, we're on camp. We were in Indigo, Canada. We sell on our own website. And then from that, I realized that the reason it was so popular wasn't also because it was just this idea of like giving this gift for a child, an alternative to teddy bears and balloons, but the principles that we designed every product with, which was bonding the family. Like that was our guiding principle, bonding the family. So we came up with like, you know, grab and just go conversation starter cards. Or we came up with like, you know, regular conversation starter cards or jokes or, you know, everything that we did was always, you know, to bond the family, bond the family. And I realized that was universal. Right. It wasn't just kids in the hospital that wanted that. Every parent wanted to feel more connected. Like the world was just moving towards more electronics and screen time. And we were doing the opposite. We were like, no more screens. We're going to connect the family again. And all the toys that we developed were based on like bonding the family. And then we had sales reps say, hey, we like this line. Can you can you make this like for a rainy day, like the rainy day box? Or can you make this for the travel, like for in a car, the on the go box? So we did that. We did that. And then we showed up at Toy Fair, you know, and we were like, okay, we can do this. You know, we made a total imposter syndrome, right? And we're like, okay, we got this. We showed up at Toy Fair. And at Toy Fair, we ended up winning the award for the best new uh, company, new kid on the block award. Wow. And then we did the next one. We did um, Toy Fest West and we won the best new manufacturers award there. So it was like this and then I was selected by the Tory Birch Foundation for their female entrepreneurship program. Yeah. So 
like the concept of the business was so loved. The give back to the foundation was so loved. And that's when we knew that, okay, we're, we're going to do this. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to continue manufacturing this entire line of toys now, which isn't just for kids in the hospital, but that has that same therapeutic backing, like broccoli, you know, like broccoli of toys is the way we say. Yeah. Do do. Yeah. That's amazing. And you really, um, and you've, you really integrated it into, you know, what you were doing with the, with the, with the nonprofit side and, and supporting that. Uh, but I mean, you're creating toys that, you know, all kids would love and engage with. And I love the, the idea of connecting the family too, because we're big game, like board game and card game uh, type people over here. So those kinds of things. And my kids also, they love joke books and they love those, you know, the question cards. So those kinds of things, like they really do engage everybody and get people connected in a really special way. So if people want to buy the toys, they can just go directly through the website or what's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. We sell them on Amazon. We sell them on the website. They can go, you know, to either one of those places. And, you know, we're super excited because next year we worked all summer in collaboration with the Children's Museum of Pittsburgh. And we're so, so excited, Molly. We've launched an entire EQ line with them. So EQ is emotional intelligence. So we have the love and forgiveness box, which is all activities to promote and foster love and forgiveness in kids. We have the anger management box and it's like really fun tools to help kids understand their anger. And it's not to tell kids not to be angry, but it's to teach them how to be angry, you know, like, um, you know, and we have the kindness mission box, which is my favorite. And that one is all about making the kids into these little spies that um, have 56 kindness missions to make the world a kinder place. Yeah. And it gives them all the tools they need in there to do it. So the whole line ended up growing and growing and growing to, to all these different facets of kids' lives. You know, we, we, want to, we want it to be fun and engaging, but we want it to also be nutritional for their souls, you yeah. know, for the development of their minds. Yeah. You know, our, our big philosophy, Molly, is like, well, the world is like focusing on making kids smarter. Our focus is to make them kinder. Yes, that's honestly, that is my heart as a mom has been at the end of my life. Like if my kids, when they are adults, like when they're 25, 30, 35, nobody's going to care if they got straight A's in high school. Like nobody's going to care if they were valedictorian, but they're going to care if my kid's a jerk. Like, you know what I mean? like I'm just being honest. Like they're going to care if my kid's selfish. You know what I mean? And it's so funny because the compliments have gotten like for my son is very empathetic child, you know, and the compliments have gone for him. He's very smart too. Yeah. He has like great grades and stuff, but it's never like the teachers that'll come up to me and tell me, Oh, you know, you don't get that story. But I remember when he was in kindergarten once Molly, he just a kid pushed him or something. So the kid had to say, sorry. And he looked the child in the eyes and he said, I forgive you. Aww. And that was something that we worked on at home that we said that, you know, when somebody says, sorry, you have to release that energy. You have to just say, I forgive you. And it's an act. It's a verb. It's something you choose to do. And I, I couldn't believe it that he knew the right moment and he did it like in the right yeah. moment. And the teacher called me up to tell me that in her career, she hadn't seen this very often. And that's a win as a parent. It's yeah. not the A's. It's yeah. not the, you know, hundred percent. That was like, that's the one I'm going to remember. And like, I'm going to be an old grandma and tell my grandkids about it. You know? Yes. Yes. Oh man. I love that. I'm so encouraged by stories like yours, where you take something that 
for a lot of families, and, and I'm not, I, I don't mean to diminish um, the, your daughter's diagnosis in any way, but I, I know for a lot of families, they might receive a diagnosis like that and it would cripple them. And, and it, it did cripple me. Yeah. Well, I'd be lying to say if, yeah. I, if it didn't cripple me, but I think I, I've understood in my life and I've done, and this is the, the basis of both the foundation and my company is that you heal by healing others. Yes. That's yes. what I've understood. And, you know, just making, you know, I'll tell you when we made those first set of boxes that went out, it was Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we were so happy. It was a long stay in the hospital, I think six weeks or something. I missed Halloween. I missed mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. We were in the hospital and, you know, I had two, I have two kids. So my son was like, you know, I wasn't there to take my son trick-or-treating. We had my neighbor take my son trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. My daughter was very sick this one time. Um, you know, it was, it was, I was just, you know, as a mom, I was like, I just want to be home for Halloween, you know, and we'd been admitted in September. We thought by end of October, we would have been out, but we weren't. And then we missed Thanksgiving, but we were home for Christmas. Mm. And I was like, okay, we're home for Christmas. I was so excited. I was so happy that we were home for Christmas. And my son, who was maybe only four or five at the time, looks at me and he says, mom, what about the kids that are not going to be home for Christmas? What about them? Mm. And I said, oh, Oh, and I just started open the joy. So I had like, you know, my Stignan logo made and stuff. I'm like, well, you know what? We got a letter from the North Pole and Santa told us that we're official helpers this year. And we got, you know, we got the rights to send out boxes on behalf of Santa to the hospital. And, you know, being the son of two attorneys, he's like, you know, there's IP issues here. Like, I don't think we can just <laughs> you know, logo on our work, mom. He wanted to see the email to make sure we weren't like copywriting Santa's, you know, logo. And I'm like, no. And we made a signal, which was like open the joy with, with the whole Santa Claus logo. Mm. And we made like this, these kits, which are like from the North pole. They literally looked like they came from the North pole. It was like this old paper with these certificates of good standings. And we made these little boxes full of items, uh, you know, Christmas items for kids. And that's what we did. And it was my whole family just sat around. I remember our table, like our dining room was just full of stuff. And we just shopped and we made these boxes. And there were only like 50 or 70 boxes that we sent out to one or two hospitals that year. But that was the first time we did it for Christmas. And I just realized what a healing effect it had on all of us, like all of us, my mother, me, my son, my husband, all of us. And we felt so much joy doing it that we did it the next month. So January became like, it was a winter wonderland. The boxes were themed with like snowflakes that would fall down from the the, the ceilings. And, you know, I, I think having this art background and the design background, I knew how to put these, these stories and these experiences together. I think what I'm good at is I could create an experience. So I yeah. said, okay, how do we take this hospital room and create it into this positive place? So we turned it into a winter wonderland and they had this, the materials and the arts and the crafts to do a winter wonderland in that hospital, you know, and then we loved it. The next month we did Dr. Seuss, we did Valentine's day, we did everything. It became addictive and we healed as a family through this project. Wow. And then what happened is I was running the whole thing under open the joy. Cause I had just started my company, but Truthfully, the company didn't take off because all my effort was on this little boxes that I was making. It was taking care of my daughter and the boxes. There was no space for anything else, you know? And what happened is that my accountant came up to me and he said, Hey, this is not a business. This is a nonprofit. You've got to figure out what you're doing here. <laughs> he goes, if this is the way you're going to run this, you better turn this into a 501c3. And that's when Spread the Joy was born. We said, okay, let's do it. Let's turn it into a 501c3. And it was becoming expensive at this time because 
we had more and more hospitals who wanted these boxes. So we had to supply more and more to these hospitals. And like, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a 501c3. I, I didn't want to take money from anybody to help us. Or, yeah. you know, I felt that kind of uh, embarrassment almost like I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, we were just doing it as our family, but you know, the demand was going up. So once we turned it into 501c3, we had an official board, we had separate accounting, we had separate bank accounts. And then, then I felt comfortable. I'm like, okay, anybody can write a check now. Whoever yeah. wants to write a check can write a check. And I think it was the one of my life's best decisions to turn it into a 501c3 because we got a, the most powerful board, like the people that came on board to support this cause, CEOs, VPs of companies, and their wherewithal and their knowledge was just at a different level. So yeah. within like a year of turning into a 501c3, we raised over $100,000, wow. developed an entire system, uh, a login system for hospitals. So hospitals now just have to log in online and that's how they order their boxes. Um, they get shipped directly to them. So like all these COVID issues, we kind of curtailed and surpassed. We have over different 100 volunteers who are making the boxes. And now we're actually manufacturing the entire thing overseas, in addition to making here just to be able to meet up the demand that's going to be hosted in a 3PL, which connects to the website, which connects the hospital platform. So, I mean, all of that happened under the guidance and leadership of the board. So, wow, that whole thing grew. That's amazing. But yeah, I mean, it just really was born out of this um, this time of difficulty and this time of challenge and the way that you have taken that and used that as fuel to bless others um, is really inspiring. And I think it's a lesson that so many of us can really glean from these days, because I think so often when we get in those times in our lives where we're going through something really difficult, it can be really easy to just be very inwardly focused. And that's important. And it's, it is important to take that time to, to be with your family and to focus on yourself and your family. But then there's also like, like you said, that you get joy by giving joy. And there's so much joy to be received when you give joy. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I'll tell you something, Molly, I never understood why this little project grew like wildfire. Like it's, I mean, to be doing two hospitals to a hundred under a year, yeah. to have the finances to do that, to have like the, the fact that we were able to raise money like that, like so quickly to, to be able to have the, the wherewithal to have all the volunteers you need to pull that off. I mean, I was just shocked sometimes when I look back, I feel I watch miracles. Like I literally just watch, I wake up in the morning and there's another check for 10,000 that came in. And I don't understand the last mm. time we had a, a pickup drive, like now we during COVID, we do a contact list of volunteer drive. So we have people who sign up online and we give them the boxes and then they go to their own homes and they make them. And then we ship, we send them the shipping label. So they ship it straight to the hospitals nearest to them that need the boxes. Yeah. Uh, so when some, I remember the last time I was there, I did, I was assigned to do one of the um, pickup drives. So I was there and I mean, my husband were looking at each other and we're like, gosh, we don't know a single person that just picked up. Like we don't know wow. any of these people. And it's, it's this incredible feeling. It's truly like watching miracles like every day. And I'm a big believer, Molly. And it's, it's so funny. And I didn't understand how it grew so quickly. And I think it's exactly what you said. People feel joy by giving joy. Yes. And I think that's what we tapped into. Like we understood that as a family, that there was something healing about this. And yeah. I think other people started to understand that as well. And that's how it just... <sighs> grew the way that it did. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. And it's contagious. 
it's contagious yeah. <laughs> and people want to be a part of it and they want to get involved. And, um, and you've also like what you're the lesson that you're teaching your children. And I'm curious. Um, I love, I love that you talked about how your son is like the son of a lawyer and he's like, wow, wow we got to make sure that this is legal. We're not stealing from yeah. Santa. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, you know, since this all started, what have you seen in your own children throughout this? Yeah. So I think one of the most amazing moments for me as a mom is that my kids, they forgot, like my son remembers his time in the hospital, like visiting his sister and stuff. But my daughter has forgotten that experience. She associates the hospital with like a place where you get a joy box, mm. you know, because that's what she does with me since as long as I can remember, she sits in the basement and makes joy boxes. And now that we don't do it in our house anymore, it's done in the, we call it the joy mansion. Uh, <laughs> one of our board members um, donated space in his he has a huge office and he donated like this whole floor for the, for the wow. foundation. So we work out of there, but yeah. So when we go there, so they, they really associate the hospital with this place where it's a place of kindness is the place where, you know, that you give back. And I remember one of my, my favorite moments, Molly, was I was putting the website together and there was a picture of me and my son and my daughter on the website. My daughter walks by and she goes, who's that? And I'm like, that's you. She's like, I was in the hospital. And I'm like, wow. Like wow. that was like the happiest moment of my life that she had forgotten that. And I think our entire association now, my kids association with the hospital is like a place where you do nice things for people. And I think wow. it's one of the nicest places. You do nice things for people there. I think for me as a mother, I suffer that trauma more than anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it'll ever leave me. Like, I don't know if I will ever, I have to keep making my boxes. I know I'll be okay if I keep making my boxes. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like a form of PTSD or I can still smell the alcohol. Like they have a different alcohol that they use in the hospital. There's mm -hmm. a smell to it. Um, the kids cry 5 a.m. every morning between four and five because they come to do the blood draws and I can do that. I, can, I see the moms, like the faces of the moms were always standing in the hallway at that time waiting for the results of those blood draws. And I don't know, that, that pain won't leave me, even though I'm not there anymore with my child, the pain of those families, that will never leave me. And I think that's why I'm always making mm. the boxes. I can't do much, Molly. Like, you know, I guess my, my inability to do more makes me do what I can. Yeah. You know, I wish I could do, I don't have a medical background. You know, I have a design, I have a legal degree and I did the best I could do with it. <laughs> I love to spread joy. The best I could do is make these boxes and I'll keep growing it and sending it like as much as, you know, we'll, we'll work as a team and we'll do as much as we could do. But that's kind of my limitations almost as a, as a person and as, you know, the talent that God has given me, this is the much, as, you know, I wish I could do more for these families. I wish I could cure diseases. I wish I had that wherewithal, you know, to, to do more, but yeah. you know, no, I mean, I, Shalini, just hearing you kind of share your heart and, and I, you know, moms, like we just, we carry those things with us, um, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the broken, the hard and the, the, the kind of, I don't want to say easy because being a mom is never easy. <laughs> so, yeah, um, exactly. but moms, we do, we carry that stuff with us. And I know that for you as a mom to, to see that your daughter doesn't remember those times, um, is a joy, but it is, I mean, there's definitely times where you, you know, you, you carry the, the, those things and you will forever. Um, but in so many ways, like that gives you this ability to empathize with families that are going through something really difficult and, 
and I'm I'm not comparing at all. Um, but I empathize with you in that, like my mom, um, passed away when I was in high school. And so she was sick for a really long time. So we spent a lot of time in the hospital. And so for me, like I empathize with other women who have lost their mothers or I've, I've empathized with other teenagers who lose their moms. And it connects you to people in a really unique way. Um, and I always tell like, friends who have lost their moms, I'm like, you're part of the worst club. Like, it's just a really terrible club to be a part of. But there is a community and an understanding where you can connect with somebody else who has something, um, who's experienced something similar. And so like, I mean, just last week, I was texting a friend Um, because we're kind of, you know, we're in this crazy kind of season of moving and packing up. And I was going through a box and it was like a box of some of my mom's stuff that I haven't touched in 18 years. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. It's not stuff that I'm really ever going to use, but I don't know how to get rid of it. And so she was like, so I texted a friend who lost her mom and I was like, I'm just like workshopping this with you because I know you get it. Um, and I just I, I share that example because like for you being able to kind of connect with another mom who's been through it and it can just be like, you know what? I just need to talk to somebody who has yeah. also experienced this because you just sometimes we need that in each other, right? Absolutely. We absolutely do. And I think what I understood through my experience is that, you know, it doesn't matter what, how good you are as a parent mm-hmm. when you're in that moment, yeah. you're broken. Yeah. And, and that's why a lot of the things that we give to parents in that hospital and in that setting and in that box, it's not just trinkets or toys, but they're therapeutically based and they're therapeutically backed. So yeah. like, for example, you know, we put a joke book in there. Why do we put joke books in there? Cause they're not going to think in that moment that anything's funny or they're not going to try to come up with jokes, but jokes have a healing power. They do. Laughter is like the best medicine, you know? So it's like, it's like, we give the parents a cheat sheet almost like they open it up and they're like, Oh my God, there's jokes in there. Let me, you know, I can just read the joke. And then all of a sudden the mood has changed. The atmosphere is lighter, you know? And then we have magic tricks in there. They, they create the sense of awe and wonder. And the person who helped us develop the magic tricks is actually a cancer survivor as a child. And wow. he became a magician because he actually used to do magic tricks for kids in the hospital as like a 10 year old boy. Um, so we have magic tricks in there also because it helps like create that sense of awe and also because of the IV league. So the IVs, so they, they, you know, their mobility and dexterity changes for a child. So we do the magic tricks to keep them moving their fingers. and their oh, hands. Wow. So, so we do a lot of things like that and everything is therapy, therapeutically based and therapeutically backed. And it's really the parents I'm empathizing with, you know, it's the boxes go to the children, of course, yeah. but so much of what we do, our boxes aren't like a gift. And even my company, all of our products, everything we do is to create that bonding experience for families. Because, you know, the one thing I realized, Molly, is that, yes, we were in the hospital, but never did I spend that much time with my family. Mm. Like, I was off of my phone. My husband had left to work for a month, and we were there. I'm like, okay, we can take this time out and like turn it into a time in. Like, and I forced myself to find what are ways in this situation that we can make it fun and we can make it, you know, interesting for us. And what you said about empathy is so, so true. And it's, it's just, I realized when I was in the hospital there, I know we grew up of a specific faith and we grew up in a specific cultural background. I felt connected in a way that I've never felt connected to those other mothers. Mm. It didn't matter what faith they were from. It didn't matter if they were younger, if they were older, what background, if they could speak English or if they couldn't, you know, because there was this humanity with all of us. We were all suffering the same thing. And I, I felt, Molly, I don't know if I'm making this up in my mind, but we all were just, we were all like, it was the same prayer, like God, 
take me, <laughs> you know, yeah. leave the kid alone, you know, like just, you know, whatever this is, whatever we have to go through, let me go through it. Let the child be yeah. okay. You know, and it's, it's a mother's heart that there was this connection that was so there between all of us beyond every single kind of barrier you could put up. So I, I, I definitely understand what you mean about empathy and hundred percent. You feel that when you go through something like that, like what you went through with your mom, you see that there's just this connected humanity yeah. beneath everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully believe that that's the way that God created us, that God created us to be in community and to be and to, to bear one another's burdens and to be there for each other in life's in the great times in our lives, but also in the really, really difficult times. Like we are not meant to go through those things alone. Um, yeah. And the way that you have created this uh this community for for people going through something just unimaginable is is just really really special and um, i'm really inspired by you shalini thank you so much for the work that you are doing um so how can before we get to the get to know you round and ask just some fun questions um how how can people connect with you, support you, if they know somebody whose uh, child is in the hospital, how can they, you know, get connected in that way? Or if somebody just wants to donate, what are all the ways they can do that? Absolutely. So we everything is up on the website, spreadthejoy.org. Um, so there's many different ways, as you, you mentioned. So first of all, if there's somebody who is, wants to get a box, they have to just apply for their hospital. So we don't give out boxes to individuals. It Everything we do goes through hospitals. They get delivered to child life services. And there's many reasons for that. It's because every hospital has different protocols, like either no latex or so all the boxes yeah. are designed and we work with child life. So that's very, it's a very, it's like a two second application. Child life services literally just goes to the website, puts in their information and the next round of boxes will be shipped out to them. Awesome. So that's how that works. Uh, if somebody wants to donate or get involved, so if they want to volunteer, there's a volunteer application form and the organization is growing exponentially. Like we need people in PR, we need people in finance, we need people, you know, in logistics. So yeah. any, you know, way that they want to help would be great. Um, and then, you know, people just want to pack boxes. It's the largest number of volunteers we have. People who love to just go home and they do it now how I started on my dining table because of COVID we had them do it at their dining you know tables yeah. we don't do it as a community anymore you know um, so people love that so if that's how they want to you know there's a volunteer application form for that and the last thing that we of course always need is like corporate sponsors and donors so if, you know anybody works in the corporate giving department at their companies like you know a lot of these larger companies have very um, robust corporate giving departments. Yeah. And we have all the certifications, everything that's needed. We have the financials. So we would love that kind of support as well. That really enables us to do what we do. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, all right. Well, Shalini, this is the portion of the show where I get to just ask some fun, get to know you questions. Let's do it, Molly. All right, let's, let's do, it. do it. Okay. So question number one, you are always spreading the joy for others. And I know that you have said that you get so much joy out of spreading joy. But what is something that brings you joy that is just like, just for you? Just for me, I'm a very affectionate person. So I love like my snuggle sandwiches in the morning. <laughs> like if my husband will stay in bed for two seconds longer and just like snuggie me and my daughter Aww. will jump in and then we'll just all get into a snuggle sandwich. I think that really fills me up. I love to just be hugged and hugged and squeezed and, you know. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, my my son, um, he is, well, by the time this airs, he will have just turned five. Um, but he, yeah, he is my, he is my snuggler. 
He's my snuggler. And God knew that I needed a snuggler because my daughter, she is seven and a half and she is not my snuggler. She like says that she wants to, but then really just does not. She, she is too busy, but my son is my snuggler and he yeah. will still come in bed with me sometimes in the morning and my husband. But it's so funny because like, he really doesn't go to my husband when he's in the bed. He just goes right to me and he just like, yeah. and it's my favorite thing ever. And I'm like, please don't grow up and just be tiny. No, my son now is no longer the snuggler because he's 10 years old and he's too cool. Oh, the, time is the worst. I tell them all the time I'm putting them in the dryer. I said, I'm going to shrink you guys back up. <laughs> Why do kids have to grow up? It's the worst. Well, the good thing is they become more independent. Yeah. That's the good thing. There's less, a little less like my son. Oh my God. It's like, I see him in the morning. I see him in the evening. He's like, Joe, he's walked the dog. He's gone to school. He's done all this homework. He's so easy. You know? <laughs> and I'm not techie. So I'm like, you know, Shay, go put this. He does all the tech work in the house. He sets up all the Wi-Fis. And it's like, uh... you know, it's nice when they grow up, they become like, you know, contributing citizens of the family, you know? Yes. yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Okay. What song do you have to sing along with when you hear it? Oh, I think one of my favorite songs is Yellow by Coldplay. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a really sweet song. And actually, I'll share a story with you about it. My daughter, um, I sing, I've been singing to my kids as far as I can remember. And I think the reason I chose that song to sing to them is because I always wanted them to think that there was like something up there rooting for them. Like, it wasn't mm. just me. Like, look at the stars, look how they shine for you. And yeah. I always wanted them to feel that. And one day, my daughter was super young, maybe three years old. And I was singing it to her before putting her to bed. And she stops me and she says, Mom, I'm not sure the stars are shining for me. And I said, really? Why do you say that? She goes, I think you're the one who's shining for me. Aww. It was so sweet, Molly, but it was also so profound. And I don't know, for me, it just opened my eyes and I realized that we are the ones who shine for each other. Yeah. Maybe there is something up there that's guiding us and helping us, but it has to come through us. Yeah. You know, So we, we are those stars in each other's lives who, who, you know, who have to shine for one another. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Okay. Next question is, if you had to eat the same meal for dinner every night for the rest of your life, what would it be? So it would be my mom's Cindy curry. Um, we're Cindy's. It's a part of the Indian culture. And I love my mom's Cindy curry. I grew up eating it. And she's a phenomenal cook. And I would eat her curry and white rice every day if that's one thing I could eat forever. Yum, 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 yum. That sounds really good. Okay. What about your favorite TV show to watch growing up? Oh, that's a good one to watch while I was growing up. I think maybe everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> My husband loves everybody loves Raymond. He loves that show. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it was so different back then, Molly. I don't know if you had the same experience, but now it's like everybody has their own TVs. They have their own Netflix logins. Yeah. You can watch it on demand. Before it was like 7.30 Monday, my whole family were like, wherever we were, we'd rush back home and we'd have this one TV and we'd all sit in front of the one TV because we couldn't be late for everybody loves Raymond. You yeah. Know? That is hilarious. I love that. Yeah. I have so many fond memories of like watching TGIF on Friday nights with yes. my family. Yes. But my, yeah, my husband loves Eddie. Everybody loves Raymond. He thinks it's just one of the funniest shows ever. <laughs> it's truth. It really is. It really is. It really, really is. Okay. And then my last question is a question I ask all my guests. And that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? That's a good one. I think when you run a business with purpose, you don't run it necessarily 
for the profits that you see from it, but you learn to calculate profits in a different way. Like your currency has to change. The mm-hmm. way you think about currency has to change. And for me, my currency is joy. You know, when we see the joy that we're sending out to the world and we see the joy that's coming back in, I think that's what it really means to run a business with purpose because you will burn out. I don't know how else to say it, Molly, yeah. but there comes no matter how sexy, whatever it is that you're doing and how exciting it is, at some point it is monotonous and it is a lot of work, but that purpose is what keeps you driven and gets you through it. Yeah. So I would say, you know, even if it's a, it's a business that's for profit or if it's a nonprofit, that purpose is what really will drive you to never stop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Shalini, thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for the work that you're doing and bringing so much joy and spreading so much joy to kids and families uh, all over who need it. Thank you so much, Molly. I would love to know what you loved about this episode or if there was something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use the hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Another thank you to our partner of the show, Mama Suds. Don't forget to use that code Molly for 15% off and shop at mamasuds.com. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are quite literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or basically wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe or follow button to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.